in the middle of this message series called Time Machine. And uh, today I want to talk to you about joining a timeshare. Are you familiar with the concept of a timeshare? I think most of us have. Most of us have been approached with the opportunity to buy a timeshare. If you don't understand the concept, real quickly let me explain. Instead of owning vacation property yourself and paying out the whole amount for uh, a a piece of property that you own by yourself, you can buy into a property that is owned by multiple families and then you share that property and you figure out a time for each of you to go and to enjoy the vacation property. That's the way it works. And I think all of us have probably been approached uh, in some type of salesmanship effort to get us to buy a timeshare. I remember years ago uh, when Donna uh, and I were much younger and much Horror. Um, we had uh, uh, we had an opportunity to listen to a sales pitch for uh, a timeshare, and the bait was uh, it was either uh, free tickets to Disney World or it was a spot on a cruise ship or something something that enticed us something that was appealing enough to us you know because we weren't going on a vacation otherwise we didn't have the money and so we thought hey you know we'll go down and sit and listen to this sales pitch if it means we get those tickets, right? If we get that prize. But we prearranged together that there's no way we're buying this thing. We, we came into agreement, right? Pinky promise. We said, no matter how good the presentation is, we are not spending any money. We are not doing this. We're just there for the prize. We get there. Uh, it was right down here at the old Acadiana Hotel. We get there. We sit down with a guy and y'all, that guy was good. I mean, he, he was good. And y'all, in just a matter of moments, I was thinking, how could I not know I needed this so bad, right? And it just starts working with me. I'm nodding. He's got me nodding. And I'm agreeing with him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I'm getting sucked in, man. I have taken the lure and I am getting sucked in until I made eye contact with my wife. And it looked like this. And that look was a greater form of salesmanship than that guy. I'm just telling you right now. Because that look sold me on the reality. We ain't doing this. We had an arrangement. We're taking the prize and we're running. So uh, we did. Uh, I am not attempting today to sell you on that kind of timeshare. But I do want to talk to you about a different type of timeshare that every one of us as Christ followers should be investing in. One of the things that I brought to your attention last week as we kicked this series off is the fact that our time is not our own. We often think of it as our own and we get so frustrated when people waste our time. We don't mind wasting our own time, but we don't want anybody else wasting our time because we think of it as our time when in fact it is not. Our time is on loan to us by God. Everything belongs to God. You could give me a better amen than that. Everything belongs to God. And so we are simply stewards of the time 
that we've been allotted, meaning we're gonna answer to God for what we do with the time we've been given. So I wanna kick this off today by pointing out this reality. As stewards of the time we've been given, one of the best things we can do is share that time with others. And that's the kind of timeshare I wanna sell you on today. That's the kind of timeshare I want you to invest in is the concept or the idea that our lives are not our own and our time is not our own and that God has expectations for what we do with our life and the time we've been given and that God genuinely wants us investing our time in others. Listen to Ephesians chapter two and verse 10 where the Bible says, God planned for us to do good things and to live as he has always wanted us to live. And this is why he sent Christ to make us what we are. Did you hear what the Bible said? God wants us doing good things. God wants us doing good by him. And God wants us doing good by others, by our fellow man. And he had that in mind for us before we were ever created. It's what God has always wanted from us. So here's your assignment this afternoon. I, just, I don't know what you got planned for this afternoon, but at some point you're gonna get a minute or two. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to sit down on your couch at home and I want you to pull out your phone and I want you to go through your photos on your phone. With this evaluation in mind, I want you as you scroll through those photos to look at them and determine how many of those photos reflect others that you've been serving versus just photos of yourself doing what you love to do. And I'm telling you, if you'll take that measure, it will be extremely revealing to you as to how self-serving we all can be. Don't make me come down there and amen myself. We can be so self-serving and yet God said, listen, I put you on the planet not just to bless you, but to make you a blessing, to see you reach out in service to those around you. Let me point this out. God has also given us gifts that are to be shared with others. Part of this timeshare that I want you to buy into today is where you use your gifts, you use your abilities, you use your skill sets, not just to benefit yourself, but really to benefit those around you that are in such great need and, and y'all can we just pull our head out of the sand and look around and realize all around us every day there's such great need and God has gifted us listen I don't know how he's gifted you but I know you're gifted I know you have great talent you have great ability you have great skill sets it might not put you on a stage playing music or put you behind a podium preaching a sermon but what you do will be equally significant and every one of us have gifts that God has provided for us so that we can really serve our fellow man listen to first Peter chapter four you guys don't mind if we study the Bible do you we're in church, we might as well. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 says, each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gifts well. Did you see why God gifted you the way he has? You see why you have those abilities and skill sets and even passions? It's because God wants to make you a blessing as you serve your fellow man. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever thought of service this way because most of us don't. Most of us think of serving on very self-sacrificing terms. And I understand there can be an element of that to it, but here's what I want you to wrap your heart and your brain around this morning. That is the reality that serving many times in many ways can actually be self-preservation. It's actually what's gonna get you through. There was a book written by a guy named Lawrence Gonzalez. The book is called Deep Survival. And what he did was he documented hundreds of cases of people that actually survived desperate situations. And what he saw in common in so many of those situations is the factor that allowed someone to survive these dire circumstances wasn't looking out for themselves, it was in there looking out for someone else. And here's what, um, here's what the author concluded. It forced them to see themselves as rescuers and not victims. Where if no one else was depending on them, it was just them trying to get through what they were going through. They would have never been able to see themselves that way, but because someone else needed to get through, they could lend a hand and see themselves not as victims, but as rescuers. Oh, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the 21st century would rise up and understand who God has made you on this earth at this time. You are not a victim, you are a victor. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. If God be for us, you're gonna have to just excuse me because when I start thinking about what God has made us in this moment, I get a little bit excited. If God be for me, who can be against me? We're not victims, y'all, we're rescuers. I'm not denying these aren't turbulent times. I'm not denying that the wheels seem like they're about to come off. I'm telling you, there's a God that wants to rise up inside you to help somebody else survive. And as you help them survive, you're gonna survive. Sometimes serving becomes self-preservation. Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 puts it this way, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will also be refreshed. Oh, we're so often in the refreshing business, but we just refresh ourselves. We find, we look for stuff that will refresh us, right? And, and we buy stuff that we think will refresh us when in reality, if we would focus on refreshing others, it's always going to come back. Give and it shall be given. You're not listening to what I'm telling you here today. Listen to me. It's always gonna come back to you. Refresh others and you yourself will be refreshed is what the Bible promises. Now, here's something else. And, and I really, I want you so much to get this. So often opportunities to serve are disguised as interruptions. We hate interruptions. Because listen, we got a plan, right? And, and we're busy and, and we're getting it done. And we're in, in, in motion towards you know, some goal. And listen, all of that's fine. But then these interruptions come and all of a sudden there's three feet of water in your yard and you can't get out of the neighborhood. Come on y'all. And it just shuts down everything. And we get so frustrated because our plans have been interrupted. And what we don't understand is that many times these 
quote unquote interruptions are just opportunities in disguise. If you would stop a minute and think about the miracles of Jesus in the New Testament, how many of those miracles happened because Jesus got interrupted? He was headed town to town to preach the gospel when all of a sudden he stopped and he's got to go back to a different town he was planning on going to because Lazarus had died. But a miracle came out of that interruption. He's on his way to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter when all of a sudden the woman with the issue of blood touches the hem of his garment and he's got to stop and he's got to deal with it. But that interruption led to a miracle. I'm here today to tell you, don't get so frustrated when the interruptions come because many times they're just opportunities in disguise and God's got a miracle that he's wanting to work through you as you take the time to serve. I love the the poetic nature of the King James Version of the Bible, uh, that 16th century rendering of the Old English that uses all the these and the thous and the thuses and the thithers and the hithers and the withers. I, I, I love it. I grew up with it. I love it. And I love how the story of this woman whose, whose miracle I just mentioned is described, she's described as a woman with an issue of blood. I love, I love that wording because we all got issues. Come on, y'all. I said, we all, we all have issues. Don't be looking around at anybody right now. But anyway, we all have issues. And so often it's somebody else's issues that interrupts our schedule. But there may be a miracle in the waiting if we can just get past the issue and deal with the need that's there. Y'all with me? Proverbs chapter three and verse 28 said, don't tell your neighbor to come back tomorrow if you can help today. Y'all said you didn't mind if we study the Bible, so here we go. Last week I talked to you about procrastination. Can we get real about procrastination? Many times, procrastination rears its ugly head the most within the context of what others need from us. It's not so often about, well, we gotta get done because we gotta get done what we gotta get done and we roll up our sleeves and we get it done. But when it's someone else's need, it's so much easier to just push it off. And yet God wants us to understand the sinful nature of procrastination and he goes as far as to say, don't tell your neighbor to come back tomorrow if you can help your neighbor today. What's God saying, church? He's saying, join the timeshare. Begin to invest in your neighbor. Let me, let me give you another challenge. As you're flipping through your phone this afternoon and you're evaluating those pictures based on how many reflect a self-serving posture in life versus a serving others posture in life, let me ask you to consider one other thing. And that is that you would systemize your timeshare by serving on a team. The truth is we systemize what we prioritize. We systemize what we prioritize. Last week, as I talked to you about the sin of procrastination, I challenged you to use a calendar. All you're doing when you use a calendar faithfully is you're systemizing your priorities. You're putting it on a calendar so you don't forget it. You're setting reminders so that a a day before or a week before you can start thinking about it so that you can be effective in whatever it is that you've prioritized there on your schedule. We systemize what we prioritize often because we value our residence, our home, where our family lives and abides. We will systemize our mortgage 
We'll put it on a recurring automated draw from our checking account so we don't fail to get the check-in in time and incur all kind of late charges or even miss it altogether and put our residents in jeopardy. We here at Crossroads often challenge you to take the same approach towards God's house as you do your own. If it's as important to you to ensure your home is taken care of, so much so that you would systemize that, why not do that with his house, the church? And when you do, put that on an automated draw. It ensures that your support of the church and the ministries around the world that we're engaged with is supported even when you can't be here. That's a wonderful thing. Let me challenge you to do the same thing with the priority of serving. When you get on a serve team here at Crossroads Church, it will become systemized in a way where we'll schedule you in whatever capacity you let us know you're ready to start serving in. Whether that's weekly or monthly or twice a month or whatever it might be, we'll put that in a systemized way in place so that you can really truly demonstrate your priority to serve with the gifting that God has given you. So let me just say this, you hear us talk about next steps all the time. Next steps is kind of the door to serve teams here at Crossroads Church. One of the things we do with next steps is we help you figure out what your gifting is and how it can most be applied at the local church level and we get you on a serve team. So go through next steps, sign up today. Go through next steps, get on a serve team, begin to really systemize what you prioritize in your ability to serve God and the kingdom of God by getting on a team. Another thing that I wanna challenge you to do, everybody listen real, real carefully, is I wanna ask you to engage with us in July in a community-wide outreach that we're calling Serve Day. Now, Serve Day's been going on for several years around the country, churches all over the country. They appeal to their church family to engage on a Saturday in July to make a difference in their community. The pastors here in Acadiana have all gotten together and we've gotten on board uh, with a, a measure to impact our community by serving the local schools. Hey, there's nothing more important than our children. Yes. Nothing more important than our young people gonna get a better amen. amen. And, and to serve our young people, our children, uh, why not really serve those schools, especially those schools that are at-risk schools. And so we looked at a list of schools that the, the parish school board determined were at-risk schools. One of them was Karen Crow High School. So we've adopted that high school. And here's what we're gonna do. On uh, July, let me make sure I got the date right, uh, July 13th, we're going to ask you to meet us at Karen Crow High School. We're gonna clean. If you can paint, we're gonna paint. If you've got construction type skills, we're gonna get you involved in construction projects. And we're gonna make a difference at one of our parish schools so that we can serve our community. Here's what I want you to do. Today, right after you flip through those pictures on your phone, today I want you to go to our website, mycrossroads.org. Everybody say, mycrossroads.org. Dot org. Go to our website. As you scroll down, you're going to see the Love Our Schools banner. Click on that banner. You'll go right to a place to sign up to serve on July 13th there at Karen Crow High School. You can sign up. You can let them know exactly what you're interested in doing that day. And then there's also a place where you check off that you're with Crossroads Church. Please do that. We want our community leaders to know Crossroads Church is all in. We believe in our community and we want to make a difference in our community. Amen, church. So we want you to sign up today. 
We're gonna be reminding you of this as the weeks go on, but man, prioritize it. Get signed up today. You know, if you think about it, Joining a serve team is a lot like joining a gym. Why do we join a gym? Because we wanna meet our health goals. And then once those health goals are met, we wanna maintain those goals. And so we join a gym and we stay committed to a gym. A serve team is a lot like joining a gym. It's just the spiritual health benefit that you're after. You wanna get healthy spiritually, you've got to serve. And as you serve, it'll help you to meet those spiritual health goals and maintain them. Man, as you're serving week in, week out, it's like flexing those spiritual muscles and you're gonna grow stronger and stronger and stronger. I heard a story of how there was a, an aqueduct in ancient Spain that it actually served generations bringing water to this community in Spain. Over time, modern means of distributing water was at their disposal and so the leaders of that community decided we're gonna discontinue use of this aqueduct but it's had such a significant role in the survival of our community all these decades, even centuries, that we wanna honor, you know, the contribution that it's made to our community by turning it into an artifact. We're going to make it a historic site. And that's what they did. But in just a matter of years, it actually ended up folding in on itself. And here's what was said of that. They said, what ages of service could not destroy, idleness disintegrated in no time. I'm going to read that one more time. And I want you to think of that on spiritual terms with how much you're serving or how much maybe you're not serving. What ages of service could not destroy, idleness disintegrates in just a short time. And idleness in our life will bring about that same kind of destruction. So let me wrap this up today by giving you six blessings of the timeshare. Today, I hope you join. Today, I hope you begin to invest in the type of timeshare God's word really spells out for us. And if you do, here's the six blessings, the six blessings that are gonna come through that timeshare. Number one, an opportunity to be Christ-like. An opportunity to be Christ-like. How many of you wanna be Christ-like? Say, I do. Listen to me. One of the most Christ-like things you can do is serve your fellow man. Jesus said this in Matthew 20, verse 28. Even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You never look more like Jesus than when you're serving somebody else. So the first thing this timeshare is going to do is gonna help you be Christ-like. And then secondly, it's gonna save us from selfishness. It's gonna save us from selfishness. Can I just share this with you today? The greatest threat to your own survival is you. So often we pin that on the devil and we look at the enemy, Satan, and we go, oh yeah, he's the greatest threat to my life. Absolutely not. Jesus defeated him 2,000 years ago. The greatest threat to our own survival is ourself. That's why Jesus said in Mark chapter eight, Verse 34, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. As we sacrifice our own self-desires and self-interests in order to serve the interests of others, really it becomes that self-preservation because it allows us 
to have the antidote to that selfishness that will destroy us. When you invest in this timeshare, it's gonna be an opportunity to be Christ-like. It's gonna save you from selfishness. And then number three, it's gonna surround you with encouragers. Here at Crossroads Church, we really want you connected to others. You weren't created to do life by yourself, amen? I said, amen. Amen. You weren't created to do life by yourself. And so we love getting you connected with others in the family of God. One of the ways we do that is small groups and we're constantly promoting small groups for you to be involved in. But I wanna tell you through the years, what I've watched is one of the greatest connectors of people is serve teams. You start serving shoulder to shoulder, week in, week out, in student ministry or children's ministry on the MAPS team or in some capacity here at our church. You get to know one another. You get to appreciate one another. And before long, I mean, you're doing life together in a way that is so fulfilling and so rewarding. Hebrews 10, 24 said, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That happens all the time on a serve team. Number four. Another blessing, another benefit of the timeshare is this. It lets us experience grace and miracles. Now y'all, I can use as much grace as I can get. How about you? I need all the grace that I can get. And I read 1 Peter chapter four, verse 10 earlier. But let me read that last half of that one more time in this context. Peter says, serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Grace takes on various forms. I guess the form we're most familiar with and most appreciative of is the saving grace of God. Anybody here glad you're saved? It was grace that saved us, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? And so we know grace in that form, but grace takes on other forms. And one of the forms that grace takes on is the service that we provide others. It's like the hand of God is extended to them through us. Can I tell you, it's one of the most rewarding things you'll ever experience. One of the most fulfilling things you'll ever experience in your life. And, and listen, when you buy into this whole timeshare concept of sharing your time with others, it's going to allow you to experience that grace and the miracles that come along with it. Number five. If you invest in others through this timeshare initiative, number five, it's gonna strengthen your faith. I already mentioned, it's like spiritually going to the gym. First John three, verse 22, describes real health, real spiritual health in our life. The Bible said, he will give us whatever we ask because we obey him and do what pleases him. Stop a moment and ask yourself, is that where I am? Is that where I am spiritually? Am I at a place where he gives me whatever I ask because I'm walking in obedience to him? I'm doing what pleases him? If not, y'all look at me, get in the gym, man. Get in the gym, get on that serve team, begin to flex those muscles. And then lastly, if you buy into the timeshare, it's gonna give you an opportunity to be Christ-like, save you from selfishness, surround you with encouragers, It's gonna allow you to experience grace, miracles, and strengthen your faith. And then lastly, it's gonna provide you with crowns to one day lay at Jesus' feet. What I said to you through this series of messages is that our time is not our own. We're only stewards of it, meaning we're gonna answer to God one day. Where will we answer to God for the stewardship of our time and resources at the judgment seat of Christ. There are two different 
judgments that are described in the Bible. One is a judgment for sinners. It's a great white throne judgment. If you're a, a follower of Christ, born again, you'll not stand before that great white throne judgment. Right now, you ought to thank God for that promise. You'll not stand before that great white throne judgment. You will not. But you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And even as believers, we will answer to Christ for what we did with the opportunities he gave us. Now, I want you to keep that in mind as I read an excerpt of Revelation chapter four. It gives us a snippet, it gives us a little snapshot, a picture of what happens at that Bema seat. Listen, Revelation four, verse 10 through 11. As they worship the one who lives forever, they placed their crowns in front of the throne and said, our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. Y'all, I want crowns to lay at his feet one day. And those crowns are formed through the acts of service we carry out. Those crowns are formed through the acts of service we carry out. The crowns we will one day lay at his feet. I'll close with this. Recently, I heard the story of a young executive. He had a brand new Jaguar. He was so proud of this car. He was driving through what he considered to be an undesirable part of town, very poverty stricken part of town, which had opened the floodgates to crime and to drug trafficking and violence. He was carefully navigating the streets of that neighborhood on a Saturday morning. The sidewalks were covered with young children, unsupervised. He was carefully driving through those streets didn't know at any time when a, a kid might jump out in front of his car and so he was traversing very carefully. When all of a sudden, out of his peripheral, he noticed a young boy on the sidewalk lift a brick and as he drove past him, the kid threw that brick into the side of his brand new Jaguar. He immediately pulled it over, put it in park, jumped out of that car, hands in the air, began to scream at that child and say, what in the world are you doing? You have any idea how much this car costs? Why would you throw a brick at my car? And all of a sudden he realized that this little boy was weeping. And the little boy said, sir, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, I didn't know what else to do. I've been trying to get someone to stop and no one will even notice me. I, I didn't know what else to do, it's why I throw the brick. He said, my brother, he said, he just rolled over a curb here and his wheelchair is turned over and I can't get him back up, he's too heavy for me. I need some help and no one will help me. Sir, would you help me? And the young executive walked over and he picked that kid's brother up and he put him back in that chair and he made sure he was okay. And then he knelt down in front of that little boy and he took out his handkerchief and he wiped the tears off of his face and he, son, it's gonna, he said, son, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And he made the, the slow, treacherous walk back to his Jaguar. Walking up to that car, he saw the dent in the side of his precious automobile and made up his mind on the spot. I'll never have it repaired. It will serve as a daily reminder that I can't get so busy doing life so fast that someone's gotta throw a brick at me to get my attention. I'll close with this question. 
What brick is God going to have to throw at us to get our attention today and remind us this isn't all about us? This isn't all about us. This is all about him. And making it all about him many times will require making it about others. So would you join me in this time share?